0: On today's Firestorm show, we meet Stephen Casey. Stephen is an attorney in Texas. He's a tech developer. He is a son of Most High God, and he moves in power evangelism normally as part of his everyday life. Stephen recently had to go to a funeral, and in that funeral, Holy Spirit manifested in beauty. Stephen was not leading. He was not the pastor. He was just an attendee, but he saw over a dozen people to receive Jesus. He saw people healed, and then they baptized some folks. The Lord did all of this. It's going to be an exciting show. You got to tune in. So our show tonight, we're going to call it The Revenge of God, and I'm so excited to share this one with you. We always have amazing guests, and we always have amazing testimonies. And, you know, if if you're like me, I am inherently, uh, there's just an element of skepticism in me, and the Lord has taught me, you know, that some of that is Adam, the old man, the, the flesh that needs to be gone, that needs to be crucified and moved on. But then there's also just a natural inquisitiveness. And, and that's me also. You know, I'm also, you know, I'm a lawyer. I think in certain ways. And sometimes when I hear testimonies, there's always a nugget. There's a, a, there's a pushback. There's a pushback that I have that makes me go, okay, wait a second. You know, not every person we prayed for, we pray for, gets healed. Obviously, I mean, maybe you know that. Maybe you don't know that. Maybe you think that we only share the ones that uh, you know. The, uh, everything we share, their successes. No, 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 no. If you think that's the expectation, you're going to be disappointed because, man. I don't get it. I don't know why it works this way. Jesus said that we would do the same things he did and greater things but we don't see it. It's like a now, but not yet. <laughs> it's coming. He promised it, but we don't see it every time. And so the testimonies we're going to share tonight from my just wonderful guest, who I'm so thrilled is on again. He's a regular on the Firestorm Live broadcast because he is moving in love in such a way that the Lord is just, the <laughs> so, there is life springing up in my guest's footsteps everywhere he goes. So the testimonies that you're going to hear tonight, they're initially going to sound like they were failures, but praise Jesus, there is no failure in the kingdom, that we always go from glory to glory, that all things work together for good for those that love God who are called according to his purpose. And what he's recently encouraged me about is I got to change my perspective. I've got to crucify Adam that has an attitude about skepticism And I've just got to trust that God is good, and he's always, always, always working for our benefit, because that's what his word says. So I want to welcome my guest tonight, my friend Stephen Casey. Stephen, are you on? Can you hear me?
1: I I can hear you. I'm here.
0: I am so thankful for you. So you are in Austin, Texas. Let me do a little backstory on uh, on us and on you. I'm going to brag on you for a minute, because you are one of the most—I've had the honor of— really being all over the world in power evangelism and coaching and training and helping people for several years. And, you know, I make friends all over the place, and I know a lot of people that are moving in love evangelism, praying for people as part of their normal life every day, everywhere they go, generally. I would be hard-pressed to think of anybody that is more activated than you. So <laughs> oh,
1: that's, that's really humbling. I see yeah, I'm just I want to move the
0: ball forward. (laughs) Yeah, you want to move the ball forward. And I just know that what you're going to share tonight and just your life is such a testimony to the presence of the Lord who lives in you and is touching people through you. Um, I'm excited because I know you're going to provoke and inspire folks. Um, The other thing that I love about you, Stephen, is you are a very regular, normal man. Uh, what's, what is your, you know, how do you make a living? What's your family like? I just want to show that you are just like us. What's, tell me. Well,
1: I mean, I, I you know, as first and foremost, as anyone would want to say, I'm a follower of Jesus. I've been, I've been blessed and, uh, married to my wife, Noreen. We have five kids, been married 27 years. Um, I go to day to day. I'm an attorney for folks. Um, I do legal work. I also, I have a couple of, uh, startup companies. I'm trying to get off the ground, but my day to day is like everybody else is getting up in the morning. Um, you know, exercise, do my work at my computer. I'm offing from home, have all the other, you know, impacts of, of, of our, of our culture that, that, that affect my life. Um, that, that's it's my normal day to day. There's nothing special about it.
0: So you're not spending five hours a day in prayer in a closet somewhere getting filled up.
1: Um, no, I mean I do I do practice spiritual disciplines. I think it's, it's a it's a critical thing that we're encouraged to do and exhorted to do in, in God's Word and in the, the history of the church. We're saying, look, these people who were God was using to move things really gave their gave their time to Him and, and really put Him as a. Is a time priority, um, but I think that that just provides a, um, a conduit so that you can be a pipe full of grace to other people and love to other people. And I think the pipe, the more time you spend with the Lord, the bigger the pipe gets to some degree.
0: I think you're right. Yeah. Well, again, I would be hard-pressed to find anyone that I am close to, that I trust, that has a more consistent life of testimony of what God's doing with them. So I want to talk about, so the name of the show today, we've called it The Revenge of God, <laughs> and I want to talk about specifically what do you do when it doesn't work out the way that you planned, the way that you hoped. And you had a friend. Um, tell me about Johnny.
1: Yeah. So about about three years ago— um, and. and my, my. Actually, I meet most of my friends. I think through my wife. Um, she's very, she's a very social person. So at church, she'll just bring me up to a new, new couple, um, which has encouraged me to to, to meet new people. Um, she said, "Well, well, you know, we were, we have kids of similar ages. Um, he's a similar, um, just a, a happy person. Um, and then uh, we got to know each other. Um, I think, I think my my encounter with him really changed." After God had done some serious work on my heart, and I had I'd seen some some ways of dealing with, I guess strongholds and struggles, and to get free. And immediately I was like, "Hey, Johnny, um, let's let's look at this and, and see how we can walk together and encourage each other in the Lord." That led to a really good, deep friendship, okay. and um, a couple of our kids become became dear friends. And so we were, we I think we were tied together really tight, emotionally and socially because of that. Okay. That was our, that was our meeting.
0: And I got to be part of this, I guess in the last month when Johnny how old? Um 43.
1: 43
0: years old. Uh no, I'm married not,
1: uh, four years older, yes. Yeah. So yeah. was 43 I'm four years older, yeah.
0: 43 years old, married uh how many kids? Five. Five kids, like you. Um I got involved because you asked me for prayer. Because Johnny got COVID. Yeah, Johnny ended up in the hospital. Johnny ended up on a ventilator. It was looking worse and worse. We were praying. You were praying. What was that looking like over those that that week or two, on your end? Yeah,
1: it was. It was. Yeah, it was, it was about a month. Um, so I had come back from from a. Um, uh, actually, I'm sorry. Johnny had come back from the same retreat I had gone on a couple of years ago, where I've got a lot of or got a lot of freedom, and he had expressed just a deep desire to share how much the uh, the Lord had taught him. And, and yet he said, uh, you know, he, he was taking care of his family because they, they were ill. And, and he said, it was so cool at this time, he said, uh, please pray for them. God would strengthen me so that I give them my best and not my leftovers.
0: Amen. That is and a so prayer for every he, father, right? Every husband.
1: Yeah. So he says that, and, and we had some long text message exchanges like the day, the day the day he got back I mean these are ones that you have to scroll over multiple screenshots in your phone to be able to encompass of him sharing with me stuff and uh, but he would go into the hospital that, that the, the, the day before we were supposed to reconnect okay and so him being in the hospital was um, going up to the going up to the ICU um, praying through the window mm-hmm. um, driving my vehicle around the hospital premises, kind of like Joshua in the Battle of Jericho, listening to praise music, praying as I'm driving these massive, encompassing circles around the hospital parking lot, people going up there and praying. I, know, I met a, uh, some other brothers. that We would just go to the parking lot and pray yeah. and stay there for an hour or two just in prayer. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's when and you that, invited me in to, to be the, part of to that. The, to the last part.
0: Yeah, and that's where you invited me in to be part of that, and we were praying for John and yep. interceding for him and, you know, mm-hmm. binding the spirit of death and coming against this and commanding breath to return to his lungs and all the things that we do that we're given authority in the scriptures. And where Jesus here, he, all the things that he modeled, we're doing all those. That went on for about a week, and it wasn't looking good. And I remember the day where you said, look, it's not looking good. We're going up to the ICU. Uh, I'm going to put you on speaker. You asked me to be on speaker. Could I pray for him in the ICU room? And I remember doing that mm-hmm. and just coming before the throne of grace and lifting our brother Johnny up and interceding for his life. Again, binding the spirit of death, coming against the disease, um, commanding it to go on the authority of Jesus Christ, all, this, all the things that we do. As much as we understand, um, nothing out of the ordinary. This is and about fifteen minutes later, you called me, and said mm-hmm. that Johnny passed.
1: That's right. And
0: that That's looks right. like a massive defeat.
1: It, it, it did seem. It did. It did seem like it because I know that you had you've, you've shared on, on the show before and talked about praying for um, you know a, a husband and wife being one flesh and praying with the wife there and, and praying over the phone of the hospital. I, I've prayed with people over the phone before. Um, A customer tech support person that called me over the phone to guide me through my new Mac computer. I prayed she got healed long distance. I mean, it was amazing. And and I was like, well, you know, something is bound to work. The dam is going to break, and the water is just going to course through it, and we're going to see something amazing. Yeah. Um, But it didn't come in the form that I expected.
0: We didn't see it. But this show is Mm -hmm. called The Revenge of God. And the encouragement for our listeners is: it is not the way you see. Wait until you hear. Wait until you hear what God did, because this is mm. this is just glorious. So, mm. um, as you are, as we're praying for Johnny, and then mm. what's going on in the room, and what happens at the moment that he, you know, he expires, he coded. Tell us yeah, about that. so
1: we're in there, and it's I, I, I God pressed upon my heart that it's really tough. On this nursing staff, because the moment I started visiting that ICU, I just felt a defeated spirit, mm. and you know that that defeated spirit is is it's not what you really want in there. You want these people to to be cheerleaders, and they've got a tough job. They're there day after day, and all they see constantly is is people's demise. And so I, I started talking to the nurse and thanking her, extending really the kindness of God to her. Thank you for what she's doing. Um, and then and then I felt prompted by God, ask her what she needs prayer about. And, and what happens quite often with people, and this is just because we think of God in distant, impersonal terms, is they offer up what I kind of um, call, kind of in a cute way, the, the, the Miss America prayers, right? Oh, for everybody in the world and stuff. And, and that's because people see God as distant mm-hmm. and not as a personal Loving Father who is deeply and intimately caring about their day-to-day, who sees them, a God who sees who they are and, and cares about the hurts and the concerns. So I said, No, not what about you? What about you specifically? And uh, and she said for for her people on that on that war to have peace. And so I prayed for that. But then I then I asked her because that 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 discussion of God is a distant father the atmosphere of that suggested to me that she did not know God personally and I asked her and, and and people who have Jesus living in them who know God who have experienced his love if you ask them if if God lives inside them they know it
0: yeah and you and know it. Say it yeah
1: right and so when I asked her I said just I asked her just does, does God live inside you have you ever invited him to live inside you which is a pretty friendly question. It was a yes or no answer. And she said, she responded back, doesn't he live inside of everyone?
0: Mm. And
1: at that point, I can I can really speak to her truthfully and lovingly and say, no, he doesn't. He doesn't live inside of neighbor, everyone. And that was intriguing to her. And, and we talked about the opportunity for God to come and live inside her, to take away all the, the heartache and pain and, and, and the guilt for everything she had ever done to make this great exchange and take everything that Jesus did on the cross and his punishment there and for that to apply to her so that she could live in freedom and in the love of God because he did see her. And so she agreed right then. I mean, while my, my, I have another friend, um, another friend, Ray, he's just a wonderful brother in the Lord. While he's praying, she's so still praying over, over Johnny to get better. Yeah. And I'm leading the nurse in a prayer of salvation. And so we're we're praying, and then as we start to close up the prayer, you know, and this isn't, I don't have a script, right? We're just, I'm just leading her into prayer to ask Jesus to come live inside her. You know, as God gives me those words, and she's praying them. I'm just providing her the words. The moment she says, amen, and, and the words are still kind of vocalizing from her her throat. They're hanging in the air. Yeah. Hanging in the air, like, like a cartoon bubble, right? That's the moment that, that Johnny coded. And, and, and immediately all the monitors started blaring beeps and warning signs and signals and everything. And she ran over and pressed a button on the wall and the entire, you know, the response team kind of swarmed into the room. And my friend Ray and I had to step back and, uh, and, let them you know uh, uh, start beginning the resuscitation efforts
0: so in the natural that looks like okay you've been praying for this guy for weeks um you know yeah. all the things we say in the natural lord he's only 43 years old he's got a family he's got little kids come on be a good god get involved sure. on this one right it seems like, like come on this would be so good for your I, I, rep Lord, if you were to heal this one, because it's going to be such a big thing. And, you know, I remember talking to the Lord like that previously in my life. Basically the, come on, be a good God. This would be good for you if you were to heal this one. And I felt him in my heart. It was almost like a rebuke that I got. And it was, Mm -hmm. stop praying like that. You're praying like you want them healed more than I do. Stop praying like that. And I just like, oh, no, no, Lord, I don't I don't mean that. And he said, yeah, you're praying like you want them healed more than I, I want them healed even more than you do. Mm-hmm. So in this situation, when we're yeah. done everything right, he's a believer, his family's praying, there's little kids involved. It looks like a complete th- loss.
1: Well, well, at the moment he codes, and I'm thinking about this, I'm reflecting out in the um, – because uh, as soon as the, the the code team comes in and they begin recitation efforts, you know me, me and my, my friend, we we kind of are are kind of shuffling ourselves on the outskirts of the room so we're not getting in the way and make it out just right outside the room in the ICU and we can see everything that's going on. And uh, I'm, 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 it's kind of surreal because you think I'm like I, I it what well, you're very very we say is very true. I'm thinking. I just led someone in prayer of salvation. They just committed their lives to Jesus. Why isn't this turning out to be, um, you know, uh, puppy dogs and golden kisses all around?
0: Yeah, the way we expect. Because did did you pray for resurrection?
1: Yes, we did. Okay, we we should talk
0: about that. Because, you know, Jesus Uh said, these signs will follow those who believe. They'll cast out devils. Uh They'll heal the sick. They'll cleanse the lepers. They'll raise the dead. Now, I've seen one resurrection— and I have mm-hmm. friends that have seen more, um, yeah. but the only way you're going to see resurrection is to be around dead people, and most of us don't really have that life anymore. It's not like, you know, first century or even 150 years mm-hmm. ago in this in this country where it was much more real to be around somebody that had died. It is not real at all for us. We totally outsource mm-hmm. that. So you That's have true. very few opportunities uh, to pray for resurrection. Uh, and I remember we did
1: we and I'm did. thinking yeah. oh wow well this is going to be my first one right yeah <laughs> I mean and Lord willing I'm thinking first of many right so so that doesn't happen and then I start contemplating that God says my my ways are higher than your ways and and that uh, I'm like you were saying I'm not always on his agenda and I've got to figure out what are you doing here father mm-hmm. like what's your what's your goal
0: And that's what you're thinking in your head as we're going Mm -hmm. through this. Is that right? That's right. Okay.
1: That's right. That's what's going through my head.
0: Okay. So at the moment of his passing – the ICU nurse receives Jesus, which is the greatest miracle of all. This is the this is, is the most thrilling. I mean, it's exciting. I love it. It's really fun when you pray for somebody and their pain goes away and they start moving their knee that they couldn't move, or even more dramatic, they get out of a wheelchair. I've seen that. We've shared some really cool testimonies of, of healings, which we see fairly regularly, which is really fun. Yes. But— at this time, we're not seeing any of that, and it's really easy to get discouraged.
1: It is. It is. And, I, and I'm thinking, and so here's here's why I start weighing stuff out on my human scale, right? I'm like, this is super awesome that that this nurse has come to Jesus, right?
0: The greatest miracle, but the, salvation. But
1: then the, yeah. the earthly scorekeeper, I, exactly, because Jesus said, remember, and, and when he sent out the 72 and they came back, and they're like, even the demon submit to us, and he says... Don't, don't, he's like, that good, but don't rejoice in that. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Yeah. So God's like, okay, boom, a new name added in heaven.
0: So one came, one came, went in, one came out.
1: (laughs) Well, and one was already saved, right? So he's like, okay, so I've removed, you know, so Johnny's with me now. He's in my presence, right? The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Yeah. So, so immediately he's in the presence of God. So now we know that she's been, added to the kingdom of God. Her name is now written in the book of life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it, but it, in some ways it seems, again, this is the earthly scorekeeper in me. It seems less personal. I'm like, why isn't something that personally affecting him, right? This is someone that they're not going to be really connected with after this, probably. And so what's I'm, I'm going to see, see what's going on. And I'm just really in a state of confusion at that point trying to take in everything that God wants me to take in to be sensitive to what He wants me to be sensitive about. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so... The revenge of God. There is more. I mean, really, if we just stopped right there, be like, okay, mm-hmm. really sorry your friend died. This is very sad. Sounds like you did everything right. Um, you know, just this is what the Lord, this is what he does. He, you know, precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his saints. Uh, we don't see it the way he does. I mean, there is some consolation there. Um, mm-hmm. But this is not the end of the story, is it?
1: Yeah. No, it's not. And, and it's tough, right? Because you're mourning, you're grieving. You know, you're grieving. Yeah. You're um, you're grieving your brother. I had the... Uh, sorry about that. I'm great. I-, I had the opportunity to, to speak, you know, at his memorial service, mm-hmm. and, you know, I had to really stoically battle to get through what I was sharing because he was such a a precious, precious brother to me. Yeah. And and we 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 really had a good time, uh, together, and we've gone on some retreats together. And really enjoyed ourselves, and, and so had a had a, a deepening relationship. So it's it's tragic. So you you don't we can't we can't we can't we can't pass by that. Right. There's um, it's, it's 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 challenging.
0: Yeah. But the Lord works all things together for good. So what happened as you're preparing with the pallbearers to carry in the casket? What did God do?
1: So. So we're 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 preparing. So we are at the, get the service, and the the, the the funeral has happened. I've, uh, they're, they're, they've had several. They've had three speakers, um, and the the funeral director says we're now going to to close the casket. So they invite the family, anyone else, to come up, and um, I, I guess the term's last respects. So I, I mm-hmm. the, kind of yeah. a weird term. I mean, it's a term of art. Obviously, everybody knows. Say goodbye one last time. And his family's grieving. His family, um, his sister—I use these 105, His sister knows Jesus. The rest of his family members don't. Okay. Mom, stepfather, three brothers—they don't—they don't know Jesus. And and i I'm, I'm find myself at the front, um, holding his grieving mother, and she's weeping on my on, on my arm. She's just shaking with grief, and 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 that and his brother at that time is up at the casket. And then they, um, and then they swap. Okay. And his brother comes back, overcome with grief. And um, I'm just praying as I'm praying over both of them. I'm just asking God's grace to be on there so that they will know how much He loves them. And and he and he and, he's, uh, and I, he's, he's he's his brother, so distraught. And and I said, but I, I said your brother was such a a wonderful man. And he said, I know. He said, um, and he always was trying to save me
0: <laughs>
1: and God's like, it, it's like a little Kleenex box with a Kleenex sticking up.
0: You pull one. <laughs>
1: and when you pull, pull one,
0: there's another, another one. one
1: shows up. Yeah. Right? So I'm like that or like a thread on a sweater. I'm just going to start pulling this thread and see where that goes. And I said, well, I said, well, if your brother was trying to do that, I said, why don't, and here's just being the boldness. Why don't we do that right now? Why don't you ask Jesus to come into your life right now? And he said, "I do. I do need that. I do want to do that." So but as you're like, standing
0: at the casket, you're leading yeah. the deceased brother to Jesus. That's right. In the middle of a funeral, at the and end. In of the funeral.
1: middle of a funeral, right? Carry funeral. on. What's happening? People, yeah. people are crying. They're grieving. I'm standing there. He's crying. He's praying and asking Jesus to be his savior to come into his life. The Holy Spirit to live inside him, and then he, he prays, and I'm and I'm like, wow, this was unexpected, but I'm just going to be available, God, for what you want to do. What's your next plan? Well, the next plan? Right then, was very eerily similar to what had happened in the hospital because you know, at the hospital, the um, the moment, the moment that nurse prayed was when he coded. So I was kind of whisked away. Yeah. And in this instance, the moment, the moment, um, he said, amen, I'm not joking. Almost like a second after they said, okay, quick, all the pallbearers, we need you right away, right away. And I was a pallbearer. So I had to, I had to depart from in front of him. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, can I like say a couple of words to him after this and talk with him briefly? So we carried, we carried, um, the casket to into the, um, uh, into the hearse in the funeral procession and immediately had to go, and, and leave for the graveside service, the graveside part portion of that service. Um, so we get there. Um, we had done um, so a little bit of ceremony there, and they they, they they lower, and I'd never been to a graveside service before, um, they lowered the casket into the ground. And so there's, a, there's kind of a gaping hole in the ground, and they give the family members flowers to toss into that hole. Yeah. And his brother, his, his next older brother, because he was the oldest of the brothers, his next oldest brother, had, who just asked Jesus to be a Savior, and I'm involved in this, this ceremony kind of about 30 feet distant from him. And I'm looking over there, and he's struggling to toss this last small white rose into the, into the open grave. Mm-hmm. And I look next to me, and I, I've got a friend sitting next to me, Joseph, and I say, Hey, Joseph, I, I said, I, I think I'm going to go over there. Because I'm in the ceremony, right? I don't want to like move and disturb everybody. Um, I said, I'm going to, I feel God telling me to go over there next to him. And so Joseph goes, and this is awesome, kind of the biblical model of two by two. He's like, I'll go, I'll go with you if you go. I was like, let's go. And so he walked over there, and I, and I told his brother, I said, look, this is no longer goodbye. This is see you later. It's not goodbye, it is see you later. And he he started shaking his head. He said, you know, you're right. And so he walked to the grave, and he tossed the rose in the grave. At that moment, the mom and stepfather walk up behind him. I'm standing right there. And they say, we want to give our lives to Jesus, too.
0: (laughs) Praise the Lord. There's so much more coming. Mm -hmm. So quick recap. Sad story. Dear friend, 43 years old, 43-year-old man, married, kids, all this, contracts COVID, the whole thing ends up dying. We prayed, we prayed, we did everything. Prayed for resurrection, didn't see it. But at the moment he codes, you're leading the ICU nurse to receive Jesus at the moment. And then at the funeral, you're leading his brother to receive Jesus, and now more of the family members are coming up and they're initiating, saying, "We want to we want Jesus too." So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Firestorm live broadcast. I'm your host, Scott Gilbert, and it's our honor to encourage you that there is more. There is so much more to the Christian life than just going to church, you know, saying a prayer, tithing, being good. Yeah, we want to do all those things so that honors our Lord. But you know, the Lord is creative. He's exciting. He's always doing new stuff. And when you are when you're moving in his spirit, he provides opportunities. And it's just thrilling. We like to bring guests on that are showing what that looks like. They're forerunners. They're showing what it looks like so that all of us can do this because this is God is not a respecter of persons. What he's done with one, he'll do again. And our clarion call in all of this comes from the book of Revelation 19.10. It says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That means anytime we share anything the Lord has done, It carries with it a prophetic anointing that calls forth more. Do it again, God. Do it again. We want the Lord to get all of the victory of everything he paid a price for. So as you're hearing this, we don't want it to be, oh, that's for this special super elite. No, this is for every single believer, everyone. If you have prayed to to call Jesus your Lord, if you have welcomed him into your heart, and as my guest just said, done the great exchange, All of my sin for all of your righteousness. Then you are indwelled with the same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. And that means what he did, that's why he said you would do the same things and greater. So the Firestorm Live broadcast exists to just expose the glory of what the Lord is doing in regular people's lives. This is not Old Testament. This is not the book of Acts. This is a continuation these are not histories. These are going on right now, and it's available for you, too. So my guest tonight is Stephen Casey. He's a lawyer in Austin, Texas. He is a anointed, godly lover of Jesus who is activated and praying for people as a normal part of his life, and he is seeing people saved, would you say, weekly,
1: Stephen? Um, at, at least every, every other week. Um... I'm seeing people healed about weekly, yeah.
0: Seeing people supernaturally healed yeah. on a weekly basis, yeah. seeing people maybe, saved.
1: Maybe even if you say that, I mean, you compare it to like, you know, people come to the Lord through a process, and I compare it to like a baby, right? A baby has to gestate for nine months. And yeah. So you see a lot more pregnant people than you see births. Yeah. You don't always get to see the birth, but you do get to see the the process happening, and that's part of our job, is to be part of the process. Yeah. So the thrilling
0: part of this testimony is this is the revenge of God, guys. This is the way our awesome father works, that although it looks dire and bleak, the Lord is always going to get his victory. You might not always see it, but we just believe by faith that all things work together for good for those that love God who are called according to his purpose. So in this situation, our brother Johnny, he dies of COVID. It's a terrible, sad thing. At the moment, at the moment that his heart stops and all the buzzers go off in the, hotel, in the hospital room, the ICU nurse is praying to receive Jesus. At the second she says amen, the bubble is hanging in the air like a cartoon. At the moment that he goes, she comes into the kingdom. But wait, there's more. At the funeral, there's already been one person who's prayed to receive the Lord, and now there are two more, Stephen. So pick up where you left off. The parents come to you, and they initiate, and they say what?
1: They say, we want Jesus to be our Savior, too. And I thought, this was the most incredibly easy uh, <laughs> encouragement to pe- for people to be saved that I've ever been in front of. No one's just walk up to me and say, hey, can you help me uh, ask Jesus to be my Savior? I mean, it's never, that's never happened to me before. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been kind of initiated by me. And uh, I said, absolutely. So I prayed with the, the, the mother and the stepfather right there um, I, I, and and led them in prayers of, of salvation for Jesus to do that great exchange, to get, take away all their guilt, all their sin, and to live inside them and, and, and to, to save them. So they did that. And I looked at my friend Joseph. Um, and he said, uh, I, I looked over him, and I, and I told him, I said, well, well, I just feel God's Spirit overwhelming here right now. I said, why don't we just do an altar call?
0: At the so graveside.
1: Say, saying that God's Spirit, is, for His presence is so great that I'm going to extend a, a, a verbal, open, loud invitation for everybody that's attending this graveside service, to have the opportunity to give their lives to God, to ask Jesus to be their Savior, to have this to engage, to begin a relationship with the Creator who loves them.
0: Yeah, and, and I just want to uh, call our listeners' attention to can you picture this? I mean, we've all been to funerals. We've all been to the graveside, probably, and it's very somber, and it's very sad. It's very dark. Even for believers, there's an end. There's a sadness. There's a loss. We've all probably can appreciate that or have experienced it. And what I'm seeing the Lord is doing here, Stephen, what he's doing with you is this is what it looks like that life triumphs over death. Yes. This is what our God does. But what I'm seeing in you is that he needs— a catalyst. He needs a son or daughter to step out there in risk. It would have been really easy for you to just hang back in the ceremony because, you know, that's what Mm. we do. And I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful. I don't want to change anybody's plans. But you're saying Mm. that it was very natural. I want to make that really clear. This was not Mm. awkward in any way. Is that right? It wasn't
1: awkward. It felt really led by God's spirit, and I felt a lot of, I felt a lot of peace in 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 doing this. Yeah. And you know, and I, again, I'm not a, I'm not a professional pastor, right? I, I'm just a funeral attendee who's was friends with the family. Um, we we had two pastors there who were, I, I imagine they're they're praying alongside as everything's going on and watching what's happening and just excited. So. So this, so I do that. I I, I speak up and I said, C- "Can I have everybody's attention?" So you just and break in. Did,
0: is that late? Set this up for us. So um, you explain that the you know the family is throwing roses into the grave, and mm-hmm. is it is there kind of a break in the ceremony? What does that look like? And you just kind of interject, getting people's attention. I just—it's
1: at the end. Okay. I mean, the family's there. Everybody's still crowding around, and. His, his, his next oldest brother is just struggling to toss that last uh, that last flower into the open grave. And I, I feel that he's trying to understand and come to grips with what just happened, the fact that he just asked Jesus to be his Savior. He's trying to wrap his—the his, the change has already happened inside of him. And now God is renewing his mind. God is renewing his mind by truth. And so I tell him, I say, this is not goodbye anymore. Because if, if all you ever have, like like Paul said, if Jesus didn't rise from the grave, if we're not promised eternal life, something after this, then we are to be pitied above all other people. Mm-hmm. But I tell him in accordance with God's word, this is not a goodbye. You will see your brother later. This is a see you later. You will see your brother again. And he... he And I just head and resolve and says, you know, you're right. And he goes over and he tosses that flower in the open grave. And at that moment is when the stepfather and the mother come up and the mother says, we want to ask Jesus to be our Savior.
0: Yeah. So that's now four, if I count, the ICU nurse, brother, and now mother and stepfather. That's four people that have come to the Lord so so far.
1: I feel God's spirit. That's right. Four people so far. Keep going. So I, I... Look at my friend Joseph. I said, let's just do an altar call right now. And so I said, if I can have every I'm really loud, right, at this funeral. It's, there, it's quiet. It's outside. It's quiet, quiet um, cemetery. If I get everybody's attention, please. And I, and I said, right now, I said, people have, these people have asked Jesus to be their Savior. And I want to tell you what that means. I said, Johnny knew Jesus. Jesus was his Savior. Jesus lived inside him. The Spirit of God lived in him. He knows God, God loves him. I said, and right now his brother, and I pointed his brother, and his mother and stepfather have just asked Jesus to be their Savior too. I said, so I want to let everybody know you can do that right now. It's not complicated. It's not not hard to do. It's very, very easy because God loves you so very, very much. And I said, who would like to do that right now? And some hands shoot up. It's it's (laughs) his other... um, his other two brothers and his brother, one of those brothers' fiancées. Yeah. And so I'm like, wow. I, and, and thankfully I had several friends of mine, really committed friends of mine, that at that point kind of swooped in and started, started uh, they were available. They were available to the task. They were, they were looking to see where God needed them. And they started praying with uh, the other people. Um, I stepped right from the mother and the stepfather to one of the other brothers and his fiance. I led them in prayers of salvation. They're like, yes, we need to get our lives right. We're not we're not living like we should. We want Jesus to live inside us and to strengthen us to be able to to um, live how we should and for him to love us and have a relationship with him. So I led them in prayers of salvation.
0: That's then, seven now.
1: Uh, so that's that, well, that's six. And then his other brother, a uh, Another friend of mine was leading him in a prayer of salvation because he's one of the guys that raised their raised his hands. Okay. So so right now at that point you have seven people who have committed their lives to Jesus. Um at my and my friend's pass.
0: Yes. But wait, there's more.
1: There's more. What but, else? Keep going. <laughs> so so then my friend um Joseph How many of you, he's like, he's like, hold on just a second, God's telling me something. He walks over and he stands by the the, the open grave. How many of you know Jesus, but you want to commit your lives deeper to him because you want his transforming power in your life? And about a dozen people raise their hand. (laughs) So God's like, I'm bringing people into my kingdom, and I'm drawing these children of mine who know me but are distant from me back close to my heart again. Um,
0: So about a dozen recommitments.
1: About a dozen, and not that he ever left them, but their their love from him had grown cold, and they're being reminded of how much he loves them and how much he will never leave them.
0: All because of one faithful son, one Mm -hmm. activated believer that steps out in love— and what I'm hearing Stephen is you're ministering to this family. You're providing pastoral care at a very very dark time. You're coming in peace, you're coming in love. You're not requiring anything of them. You're simply yeah. speaking the reality that God loves you and he sees you and this is not an end. This is a see you later, which I think is a beautiful yeah. a beautiful understanding of that. And they are the spirit of God in them is calling them. You just get to you just get to deliver it.
1: Yeah, I, it is, and I don't want to also diminish the love on his family that Johnny had been doing. You know, he had been faithfully, gently, not not ever getting a chance in the natural to see the fruit of the tremendous amount of love and labor that him and his, the rest of his, his immediate family, his wife and children, had been showing to the rest of the family. Mm-hmm. Because... You know, when, when his first brother came to the Lord, he said, my brother has been trying to save me his whole life. Wow. So Johnny had known Jesus for a while, and the transformation that had happened in his life and, and, and the way his family had loved the Lord was evident to all.
0: Yeah. But there's more. So,
1: so, there's more. So we have right? there's more. seven salvations.
0: So, I'm counting 12 recommitments. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I
1: think a little over, yeah, a little over 12, maybe 13. And, and okay. they pray. So so Joseph, my friend Joseph says take all the bad stuff you think that God's holding against you and throw it in this grave. Figuratively, oh. throw it in this grave because you don't need to hold on to that anymore. You don't have to have any shame, any guilt, or any condemnation because if you know Jesus, you just need to get rid of it right now. So He's like and so there's an open grave right here. Just commit that stuff to the open grave because you don't need to carry it any longer. So people, I mean, the whole atmosphere at the grave side is changing. Yeah. And, and you can see that there's tension there. There's some people there that I, no doubt, are wondering what's going on. <laughs> Just like in the book of Acts, right? On the day of Pentecost. Some people were coming to the Lord. Some people thought that, the, that the Peter and the rest of the disciples were drunk. So it's going to hit everybody in a different way, but it was, it was definitely an amazing experience.
0: Yeah. And the and Spirit then, of God is not finished. We have so a few it, right? more minutes. Um, there were some healings. Yeah. How did that happen?
1: So I'm, I'm I'm there, and I just feel the, 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 the almost like an internal pressure, right? Kind of like uh, when you're holding your thumb over the end of the water hose, and you feel the pressure going up. You know that it, it, the valve isn't shut off yet. Not that it ever shuts off, but, but God's purposes weren't done. And so I said, all right, Jesus, not only does he save us, But we were also healed by his stripes. So the Holy Spirit loves to heal people. Does anybody have any physical ailments that they need prayed over right now? Because Jesus wants to heal you.
0: You say this over the crowd at a graveside funeral.
1: Over the crowd at a graveside.
0: I love it, dude. (laughs) This is such an example of this is how you do it. Come on. What happened next?
1: It was fun, right? So so up comes, uh, they bring up his uncle. So, so his uncle comes up, and his leg is evidently not working. He's dragging it along, and I ask him um, in kind of broken Spanish English, um, "How how his leg's doing? It just doesn't work. It gives him a lot of pain. Um, where's it, where's his pain level? I, I want to know, make sure I'm praying right. You know, just like if you were helping someone into a chair, you would you would before you grab your arm you would say, "Where does it hurt?". How bad does it hurt? How can I help? I think when you pray for people, it's there's a, you know, we don't take out our brains, So we similarly ask questions. And he said he's got about a pain level of an 8.
0: An and 8, so eight I, on I, 0 I, to I, 10. 0, no I'm pain. Ten. 10 is yep. the worst. Okay, so he's at an 8.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So I, I pray over him. And he said it's feeling better. And it goes, becomes a 3.
0: In first prayer. Could you first, model first. that just for our listeners to understand? Because I nobody ever taught me how to pray for the sick. You know, the, the model yeah. that I always saw was, you know, I was kind of silly a minute ago when I said, "Come on, be a good God. This would be really good for your reputation, Lord. You sure. can heal them. You know, this is, Lord, if it's your will, you can yeah. heal him." I never saw I, anybody know, healed. So, what did that even prayer see sound the disciples
1: like? Disciples praying like that, right, Scott? You don't see them. You know, if it's your will, the Bible says "Let you pray God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we're just commanded to pray, right? And what I, I, the other thing I think about is that if we're in spiritual warfare, like whatever battle, you know, there's been some that, you know, have figurative, one without a shot. But really, what physical military battle in the earth just took place in like one issue, right? Like one sword strike. I mean, yeah. they get out and they, they got you've got to get on the battlefield, you got to shoot a lot of bullets, you gotta swing the sword a bunch of times. And so I compare it to a workout. No one goes in the gym and just does one rep and say, I'm done and they just turn around and walk out. Okay. That's not how you do it. So so I lean into it. I pray again. I wanna travail in prayer. Like I, I mean, I fortunately, you know, my, my wife bore our five children, but you know, she had to travail. I mean, labor, you know, it's, it's a thing that you have to work at. Um, So praying for the
0: sick is like, it's like warfare is what you're saying.
1: It is. It's like warfare. Okay. And you have to, you have to, you have to fight. And so when it came down to a three, I was like, well, we're not done. Let's keep praying. Well, what did that first
0: prayer sound like before you get to the second one? Just model it for our listeners so they can kind of get an idea of how you do it.
1: Well, I, I, there's things about the Bible informing. inform me. So first thing I do is I thank God for loving this person. Because of what John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world. Right. We it's all a know death, that scripture. It's an extreme advertisement that they loved the world. The Bible says even that we come to repentance by his kindness, right? So there's no judgment there. Even if, I mean, I think the world, right, the world will look at this stuff and go, um, like, how did you hurt yourself? And if he said, well, you know, I, I, I kicked the tire on my car because I was angry, right? Let's assume he got injured that way. Well, the world's view is, well, you, you, you got what you deserve. You
0: brought it on yourself. Yeah, it's cause and effect. You, you brought it on yourself, yeah.
1: right? And, and that Jesus is not like that. God is not like that. You know, think about the when Jesus fed, fed the 5,000, right? He had people there that were solely there to get food. They had people there that did not get, for lack of a better term, religiously converted, who did, not, who did not engage in a relationship with him, but he still fed them. He still loved on them. And yeah. so he loves, in it, loves us even in our failures. Yes. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us. It's That's like, the gospel. Uh, While like we were yet like sinners, flowers,
0: Christ uh, died with for a bunch us. Of
1: petals, and yeah. every petal you pull off says he loves me. There's never he loves me not.
0: Yeah. So what did that first prayer sound like with the man with the pain of eight and he couldn't use his leg?
1: So I said, thank you, Father, for loving him. I said, I thank you so much for healing him. I say that because of Hebrews, Hebrews um, uh, chapter 11. It's impossible to please God without faith. Faith is the, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. So I thank God in advance for what he's doing. So you thank because him in advance for it.
0: what you don't see.
1: Yep, exactly. Okay. And I don't I don't ask in a I thank God for it and then I I command his flesh just like Jesus did, just like the disciples did, just like we're taught to do. I command his flesh to heal. And I say, Leg, line up and be restored right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, for doing it. I command all the and I go through the parts of the body that in this leg that God brings to my mind at the time. Excuse me, kneecap, ligaments, tendons, cells, meniscus, cartilage, all tissue, line up. In Jesus' name, amen. Not very long, maybe 30 seconds. Okay. And you have him check it. it I have him check it, and he gives me feedback. He's like, nah. In, in, in Spanish, he's like, trace.
0: Three. And so, yeah.
1: And so he's so like, it's changing. It was first it was Ocho, and now it's trace. Okay, and it's so changing. Like, God's moving. And so I pray again. Very same thing. And usually the second time I, I pray, particularly if there's a significant drop, I'll say the same thing once more.
0: Okay. Basically, okay, you just repeat the first more. one. Okay.
1: Because it's like a cleanup crew, right? It <laughs> went from an eight to a three. That's well over 50%. Yeah. So it's like we just got to mop up some more of the, if you want, spiritually, the flesh that's in rebellion against Jesus, because by Jesus' stretch, we're healed. So I, I just say the same prayer again, and it went to zero
0: how did his movement change? You said he wasn't
1: able to to use his leg. (laughs) He's just walking around. He's not limping anymore. He's not dragging it along. And so it was, it was pretty fantastic to see, to see that. And then that happens and God's still not done. Okay. So they bring, uh, I I walk around. I said, you need healing, you need healing. And they bring his aunt and his aunt comes up and, um, she says that she's got arthritis from her elbows to her fingertips. And I asked her what her pain level is. On a scale of zero, no pain, 10 is the most excruciating thing she ever felt. She said it's a constant nine. Wow. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just—and and really what, at this point, and even while this is happening, right, it's—I'm it's, it's, feeling the compassion of Jesus— course through my, my inner being, my gut, my, my, I mean, it's, it's what, you know, what makes you, when you see some, you see someone that's, that's afflicted, someone who has pain, who's suffering in your mood, deep, deep down inside you. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we see that
0: throughout the scriptures, before Jesus moves in healing, you'll just read it, I did, Um, and Jesus moved with compassion... Yes. and then he moves forward in in some supernatural power and someone's healed or saved or, or not or you know blind eyes are opened or raised from the dead. Jesus and think of the tomb of Lazarus. Jesus is mm-hmm. crying. He's moved with compassion. Oh look how much he loved him right everybody sees it. So That's the right. I feel like if there's an unction that mm-hmm. we can perceive in our bodies, it is that welling up of compassion that isn't from us it's not our ability to drum it up there is a there is a spirit of god within us that that weeps for the dead that that is hurt for the hurting and yes. when we are attuned to that we can feel what he feels right does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah.
1: that's right and, and and god's still not done okay right? we got about so we 4 minutes left Okay, so we pray over her arms. The pain goes to zero right away.
0: First prayer? First prayer. Tell us what that sounded like. Again, model it Uh, for us.
1: Father, I thank you. uh, I thank you for her. I thank you so much for how much you love her. I thank you for being present to heal, Holy Spirit, because he is present. And I thank you for healing her. I speak to her arms right now in Jesus' name. I command arthritis, go away right now. In the name of Jesus, all pain go away. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Quick. Easy.
1: Quick, easy, fast.
0: All of her pain so goes away she, in one prayer. All the
1: pain goes. She starts moving around her elbows and her hands and her wrists, doing twisting her wrists around, moving her hands kinda of like you wash them in the sink, back and forth, and all the pain's gone. And she's like, It went to zero. Yeah. And and I'm so so we're there and, and at the now the funeral's wrapping up at the Gracehead service. We're we're all hugging each other. There's 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 encouragement and ministry going to these people who have just just been introduced to Jesus, and we're 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 marveling at the work God's done. And then I leaned over to my friend Ron, and I said, because there was going to be an after reception, and I know that you know th- this one brother, the very first brother to 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 get saved, is going to be able to be there. I said, I I pray that there's a swimming pool at this house so that I can baptize his brother. Yeah. Because sometimes, sometimes it happens right again, but to my mind, a lot of times that people are connected to church, it's kind of, they wait for a baptism service for a while. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, I just want to do it right away. Oh, yeah.
0: And, I, I have a 24-hour so, policy. Once they get saved, get them baptized within 24 hours.
1: Yeah. So whenever, whenever I, um, so we go to the house, I've never been here before. I don't know the people. I don't know the, I met the wife, one of the, the wife uh, um, who was hosting it. Never met her husband, never been to her house. They got a swimming pool. Yeah. So I asked him, I said, do you have uh, two sets of clothes that we can go in there <laughs> and 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 do a baptism? he's like, absolutely. So we, we go in there, and I had that wonderful privilege to lead uh, my new brother-in-law to introduce him to Jesus and to baptize him in the same day.
0: Amen. That is a thrilling testimony of what it looks like when you're just a sold out believer moving in love. What I love about this, Stephen, is there's just such an example of moving in love, providing pastoral care, loving the family, but at the same time offering them hope, offering them hope at a funeral. Yeah. You know, and so what what's our tally now? We've got seven saved, twelve yeah. or thirteen recommitments. Two mm-hmm. supernatural healings and one baptism that yeah. came from you know sadly the the loss of our brother Johnny.
1: Yeah.
0: But that is well, the revenge of God in the it last is revenge minute of
1: God. Yeah. And, and I want I want to share some of this 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 kind of make it make a little bit of sense. So one of the one of the groups that we 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 have a men's group that meets every other Wednesday. It's called the Band of Brothers. And one of the one of the guys in that group was unable to come to the hospital all to pray. He came to the funeral and he said, he said he he had this vision while Johnny was in the hospital that Johnny was at this fork in the road, and that he had had this conversation with God about the outcomes of the various choices. And one of the choices was to to, to stay here, or to go be with the Lord. And then Johnny chose to go be with the Lord.
0: Yeah.
1: And I firmly. I, I trust in what he's saying. That uh, he knew the outcome was going to be that he was going to be with the Lord, and that his whole family was going to be moved.
0: Salvation to be came, came Lord, to that house. And that
1: was worth it for him.
0: Yeah, salvation came to that house. Well, Stephen, thank house, you. Exactly. Thank I've never you for sharing that. that
1: before, but. I can see what they say in the Bible. Salvation has come to this house.
0: And I thank you for modeling that. I think those are really great teaching points. We thank you for listening to Firestorm Live. It is our honor to encourage you. Now, you don't need more information. You just need to go activate. Go pray for people. In love, find folks. The Lord will open your eyes. Ask him for focus. Lord, show me who you have today. Maybe there'll just be just one. Just show me one today, Lord. And watch what he does. Come in love. In Jesus' name, speak peace over people. And if there's a healing, if there's something they need, we speak to the body. We don't command God. We command the body and watch the Lord do what he does because he loves them so much. Thank you for listening to the Firestorm Podcast with your host, Scott Gilbert. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen. If you're looking for more about the Firestorm Equipping Ministry, you can find us on the web at firestormunited.org. We're also on Facebook at Firestorm United. If you'd like to partner with us, equipping the body of Christ for revival, you can give on our website, firestormunited.org. All donations are tax deductible. Be sure to tune in to our next episode, episode six of the Firestorm broadcast with your host, Scott Gilbert, where we will meet Jared Lasky. Jared is an international media minister, and he actually turns the tables and interviews me explaining the backstory of all the amazing transformations that we've seen through Firestorm and how those same transformations are available to you. Tune in next time to episode six of The Firestorm Show with your host, Scott Gilbert.